tried the standard eBay, you know, selling stuff on eBay. Sure. Tried, um, tried Amazon. I tried gambling, which didn't go very well. <laughs> Welcome to Start Yours, a podcast by Obolo about what it's like to start your own thing. I'm Alicia McCormack, and in this bonus episode of Start Yours, we revisit an interview that my colleague David Vranikar did with Chris Wayne, an entrepreneur who was in the position that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast might currently be in. They want to start a business, but they don't have a lot of capital. Perhaps they're bootstrapping everything and trying to figure out where to invest that precious little money and what to do to get things started. Chris is super transparent in this interview because he has been there and done that and is really happy to share how he managed to turn a $300 investment into a highly successful e-commerce store. If you are enjoying listening to Start Yours, we've got new episodes of the show coming out every Tuesday and we'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a pitch, perhaps you are a merchant and you want to share your story or perhaps you have a topic or thing that you'd love us to cover, then get in touch. Podcast at obolo.com is where you can send us an email or a voice message. And of course, be sure to check out obolo.com for our YouTube videos, blogs, and lots more information about starting your own thing. Now, let's head to David's interview with Chris Wayne. So you've described your your pre-e-commerce life as as living paycheck to paycheck. And 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 of course, you know, anybody who's been in this situation knows that it creates a bit of a cloud, you know, that that hangs over basically everything you do. So um, I'm curious to start if you could kind of describe the situation that you were in before you started with e-commerce, before you got into dropshipping, and, and just kind of the toll that that was taking, um, you know, on your on your spirit or on your psyche, um, just on a, on a day to day basis. Back before dropshipping, I was working in a contact center, minimum paid job kind of thing, was working 30, 40 hours a week, no real drive in life, I suppose. I didn't really have a goal. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no real focus. Um, it wasn't great. But I kind of ticking over. I was living with a friend at the time. I was in a long-term relationship. So it was kind of just, it was okay. You know, it was just kind of life. But then went through a breakup. Um, I ended up living on my own. And then it was in a place where I was on minimum wage with all these bills and not really any sort of drive, any focus. And it was kind of like in a bad place, to be honest. But I had no money. I couldn't afford to do anything. There was times where I couldn't even afford to get a taxi to go mm. somewhere. It was kind of like I had to be very careful with what I was spending my money on to the point where I was eating cracker breads for my tea each night, which like mm. Rivita cracker breads. That was what it was like. I mean, it was pretty much poverty in a way, which is really odd when I think about it. Yeah, and then I knew I had to do something about it, which is why I started looking for online business ideas, really. I did all sorts of things. like tried the standard eBay, you know, selling stuff on eBay. Sure. Tried, um, tried Amazon. I tried gambling, which didn't go very well. <laughs> um, I tried. Uh, I even well, I set up a PC repair company, like a, like just to try and fix people's PCs because I was always kind of tech savvy. Nobody really hired me to do it. Nobody helped me out from a family and friends point of view, so that didn't really work. Um, I even rented my driveway. Um, there's a website where you can actually rent your driveway out to people so they can park on your on your driveway and pay you. But what people don't know is I live on a typical suburban you know, street, so you can park on the pavement outside. <laughs> like, so there's no need to pay me to pay on my driveway, you know, to pay me to, to park your car on the driveway. So that kind of says how, you know, how tight it was and how badly I was looking for something. And then I came across dropshipping. Really, that was the that first moment when I first saw it. 
And in, in one of your early goals, um, you were saying is is that you you wanted to make two hundred bucks a month with with drop shipping with e commerce. And I think that this you know two hundred a month is is a very you know modest number. I would say it's it's not the the sort of big fat number that you know that where people take screenshots of their Shopify dashboard and they and they brag about it. You know, there's only there's only three digits here, two hundred. Um, but but two hundred you know for for the the spot that you were in, that would have been a big deal. So I mean, what was what was 200 going to mean for you if, if you could, you know, get this e-commerce thing working to the tune of, of, of a couple hundred bucks a month? It just means more food. <laughs> I'd be able to, to basic living, you know, it it just give me that little bit of a buffer that I didn't have. And that's what I was looking for. I, like when I said I'd gone through a break, I was left in about 12 grand's worth of debt as well at the time, just from bad life decisions. Um, so I had that to cover off and, you know, as well as just standard mortgage payments, you know, and, and, and bills and things. So it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, but 200 pounds is going to make an absolute world of a difference. And mm-hmm. just having a little bit of freedom allowed me to do other things and just have a sort of better standard of life. Um, and I always wanted to go to America. I always wanted to do a road trip across America as well. So that was always in the back of my mind at the time to travel and just get away from this year because I've gone through this breakup and I wasn't in a great place mentally. So it was like, I need to need to get away. And that was really the goal. It was 200 pounds a month just to help me pay my bills and save up for this, this trip really. And that was the only goal I ever had when I first started. And so before you, before you started Big Red Gadgets, which was your, your, your first, you know, kind of mega successful store, you were at a point where you had, you had set yourself aside 300 bucks and to spend on the store, to spend on, on, on marketing and, and, and research and, you know, ordering products and whatnot. And then, and then there was also a $5 a day Facebook ad budget. And, and so I'm curious, you know, how did that, you know, that, that 300 pound total and then the, the, the five per day, what did that get you? Like, how did it look as you were spending that, you know, and, and what was it like kind of launching what, what turned into a big business with really minimal funds? Uh, well, before I get into that, so Big Red was the sixth attempt at this as well. So I, I had five failed attempts over, you know, a period of a few years before that on and off, not really having any focus. So Big Red was that final attempt where I thought, I really want to give this a shot. And I'd spent, I'd sort of knew I was going to do it and I'd spent months saving up that, that $300. And it was kind of like, okay, well, this is going to be my last shot. If it doesn't work now after six attempts, over a period of two or three years, then it's not going to work. So I launched Big Red and then spent five five pounds. It was five pounds on the ad account on that first day, trying to sell. Uh, it was like a cat iPhone case. It was an iPhone case with some cute cats on it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I was doing still. I would just try to find random products that I think people might like. And it didn't sell anything on the first day. So I lost a fiver. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't afford to do this. Like, why am I doing this? I'm an idiot. And then on the second day, it made a sale and I was in profit. And I remember running around the room saying, I'm in profit. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. Like it was just, it was just that massive buzz that I got from making that first sale. And I think then after that, I think it was, I think it was like over the next six weeks, I'd done like 10,000 on it or something like that. Not just on iPhone cases. I'd, I'd changed products during that time, but yeah, yeah, that five pounds very first day, uh, I probably never forget that. And the, the stores you mentioned before big red gadgets and then and then big red gadgets one of the differences that, that you've mentioned uh you know between the the unsuccessful ones and then finally the successful one is it's just the amount of research that you did um beforehand and so so what was the you know going into it what was what was different like what what did you have in your back pocket knowledge wise um that you didn't you know on the on the stores that ended up in the red um well <laughs> 
with not being able to afford to go and do much, I was got stuck in the house a lot. So I had a lot of free time. And when I realized I wanted to give this a go and this could potentially change sort of my life, I knew I had to really figure out and understand how this works. Like I, I'm quite a logical person. So I like to understand the processes behind things. And I felt like this was a very process-driven kind of business. Yeah, you follow the field, especially with Facebook ads, you follow this certain these certain steps, these certain criteria, and people will buy from you. That was kind of the mentality I had with it. So I, you know, with all the free content you can get on YouTube and people telling you what you can do and showing you how to do it, I just spent hours upon hours just researching, looking at ways how to use Facebook ads, how to build good Shopify stores. I was looking at examples of Shopify stores. I was reading news articles about people who had done this. I remember there was a there was a company called LDS Man, I think it was. That was his website. And he'd done like a million dollars on his dropshipping store. And this was about three years ago, I think it was. Like I remember seeing that and reading the article and just basically skimming through the article over and over and over again, reading every single bit of advice he'd give about how he set it up and how he scaled everything. And I just soaked up as much information as I could until I had like a plan in my head about how I was going to do this because I couldn't afford to lose the money by spending money on Facebook ads when we're not knowing what I was doing. And I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make when they're new to this is they think they can just throw, you know, a five pound ad up and make a million bucks. Like I've actually had somebody say that to me once. They, they said, well, how come I haven't made a million dollars? I spent a fiver on Facebook ads. <laughs> Where's my money? I, I just like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, you, you can you can be new to something, but then there's that kind of level as well, where it's just, I just don't know how people's minds work sometimes. But yeah, so it, it was really just trying to soak up every piece of information I could that was out there for free and just try and come up with a plan. What would like the, the, the cash strapped entrepreneur, what should they do today versus what you did? Cause I mean, you know, you were using, you were using Shopify and Overlow and Facebook and like, you know, those are all the same tools that somebody might use to launch a store today. But you know, but 2017 was long enough ago that it's, you know, things have changed a little bit. So I mean, is, is the, is the way that you went about it where you just kind of maniacally researched and just started doing ads, is that replicable or are there some kind of obvious tweaks that you would make if, you know, if, if it were 2020 and, and, and you were broke and you wanted to go about this, like that you would kind of cut corners in a different way than you did back in 2017? Uh, I, no, I think you, I think really it comes down to knowledge of, of the platform. If I knew what I know now, back when I started, I could have made so much more money than yeah. I did because I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't learn from somebody who'd done it. I, I just tried to figure it out from all the free content that was online because I couldn't afford to learn from somebody. So I, I took all this free content, all these sort of fragmented ideas and experiences and tried to put them into something that would work for me. And it did. But it's really just knowledge. You have to understand what you're doing. And the only way to do that is, is taking the time to learn it, I suppose. Like, yes, the platforms have changed, you know, methods have changed, but there's so much free content out there, especially on YouTube now with how many people are doing YouTube channels, you know, myself included. Like I give a lot of free information on my on my YouTube about how to do this. So I think you've just got to you've just got to learn because even though the platform's changed, you you know, you still have to have that knowledge to make it a success. Yeah. And just uh, for anybody, anybody who wants to check it out, you know, Chris Wayne's YouTube channel is is his name. So, uh, you know, Chris Wayne, W-A-N-E, punch that in and you'll find, yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff about how how he's done what he's done and, and you know, mistakes to avoid and things to replicate and all that. So um, definitely worth checking out. Now, one of the things that that you've gotten really good at, you know, over the years and, and one of the keys to your success is, is identifying products that are going to sell really well. And so, you know, you run, at least in the past, you've, you've run general stores, which means you sell a lot of different stuff and a lot of different 
niches. And so it's not like you, you'd have a store that just like goes really, really deep on one specific type of product. You're you're really across the board. And, you know, of course, you're going to absorb some misses with this strategy, but you've also been able to find, you know, winning products in, in all sorts of different, uh, different categories um, across the board. And, and I'm curious how you are applying that product knowledge and that, that ability to sniff out big sellers. How are you applying that in this weird current climate that we're in with with coronavirus and, and COVID-19 and, and just the travel bans and business closures. I mean, are you are you at a point now where you're where you're still trying to find new, you know, hot selling products or are you are you pausing things while we go through this period of craziness? I mean, what does it look like, you know, specifically when it comes to to products and product research and trying to figure out what's going to sell, if anything? Well, right now for me personally, no, I'm I'm not looking for anything new right now. Um, just because I don't think anybody knows what's going on in the world right now with when it comes to you know this virus and how long it's going to last where it's going to go um i have products that are selling um, but i have reduced the ad spend just to try and control my risks as well because even though i believe china are getting back up and running with their production and my suppliers are at 100 capacity again and they're running as nothing's happened it, you're still relying on distribution networks for the rest of the world and i think once it gets out of China, if it can get out of China, because a lot of parcels come on commercial airliners anyway, um, if it does get out of China, then you've got the issue of, you know, the just reduced sort of workforces around the world anyway. And so what do you what are you seeing? When, like, you mentioned distribution networks. I think that this is really interesting. We, we talked to a handful of, of uh, you know, online business owners a couple of weeks ago, and they said the same thing, that like their operations that they work with in China are slowly, you know, ramping back up and, and are becoming normalized. But then all their target markets now are, are going through shutdowns the way that China did back in late January and February and, in, and into March. And so what has been your experience with with the, the distribution networks? Normally, it can get a product from from China to any anywhere relatively painlessly, but now it's all kind of been turned upside down. What, do you, what are you seeing on that front? Originally, it was taking quite a while for parcels to get out of China, over a week in some cases with one of my suppliers, which is very unusual because they are usually very, very quick. But like I said, that could be down to the, obviously the commercial airline issue if a lot of parcels going out commercial airliners, but pretty much the entire air industry has been grounded, um, especially to, you know, like mainline Europe and US and everything. So that was an issue at first, but when they did start going, I found that they were sort of sitting in the sort of shipping country longer as well. They're not not arriving kind of thing. They are arriving to the customers. It's just a little bit slower, which isn't ideal, which is one of the reasons why I've lowered my ad spend anyway to, to lower that sort of risk to myself because I don't want to be getting thousands of orders that are sat in warehouses where nobody's working because the, the country's in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest concern with it, especially because you don't know what's going to happen next. It's obviously growing, it's the exponential growth of the of the cases. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. And for me now, the smartest thing for me is just to limit that risk until we're kind of over those peaks. And so I guess you're at a spot now where you've had, you know, enough consecutive months of big sales that that you have a bit of a a bit of a cushion. Is, is there anything in particular though that you would recommend somebody do who maybe, you know, started their business Q3 of last year or or even more recently than that? I mean, somebody who's still at the the beginning phase of their of their store. I mean, I, I'm thinking about if you ran into this mess back in 2017 when you started, you know, like you wouldn't you wouldn't have had the reserves that you do now. I mean, so what does it take to survive this in terms of just like the, the raw money question? Like if somebody hasn't been able to put away enough in sales, what would be the strategy moving forward? 
I think right now it all depends on what kind of metrics you're seeing because this is a great time to advertise on Facebook just because so many people are stopping advertising on Facebook. You know, your your CPMs, your cost per thousand impressions, it's really cheap. But on the same side of that, you know, customers are a little bit wary of spending money. So when it comes to the advertising side, it's very much dependent on what you're seeing across the platform, whether you should carry on spending. At the end of the day, if you're profitable, keep it going. But then you then fall into the issue of of the shipping issue. So it's very, very important that you speak with your supplier to, for first to see if they're running and see if they have the stock and see what their expectations on shipping times are and then it's really just keeping if you do get those orders it's keep focus on the tracking just to make sure they are landing and that you've just got to kind of take it day by day and make decisions as you go if i was starting right now without a lot of budget then i would look at probably holding off on advertising right now just to limit my risk and in the meantime I'd be learning as much as I can about it. I'd be improving my store. I'd be building my email retargeting sequences. I'd be getting everything in the back end sorted. So when I can start driving traffic to the store again, once I'm happy the supply chain's back up and running, then I have everything built in the back end. You know, I have all my video ads done. I have all my product descriptions done, all my email marketing's done. It's all going to be built and ready to go when we can start running this properly again. Yeah, I think the idea of of, of kind of rebuilding the store or, or at least doing, you know, a massive facelift, that's something that we've heard from other e-commerce folk. And I think that's a, that's a great time to do it. And it seems like everybody, everybody that we've talked to had some very specific things that they were just kind of putting off that, you know, they, they, they knew they should do it, but it was, they were too busy making sales or, or too busy adding new products. And it was always kind of, you know, priority three or four. But now that, like you said, it's not a great time to be advertising on Facebook for a lot of stuff. And uh, it's a it's a precarious time to be relying on on distribution networks. And so, yeah, I think this this idea of, of you know fixing things that you've been, you know, kicking the can down the road on, that's a it's, it's, it's the time to do it. Definitely, definitely is. I mean, that's what a lot of my time is being worked on at the moment is, you know, like I said, setting up the email, retargeting the back end, improving sort of my flows, my video ads, all that's being done right now because I'm trapped in the house um, and I've already eaten all my quarantine snacks. So <laughs> I've got, I haven't really got much else to do other than work on my business. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just using this time as productively as I can really. At the beginning, you know, we talked about how every every dollar, every pound, you know, that you were making was was significant. Even you know, even when you were just ending up like five dollars on on a day in the in the black, that that was a pretty big deal. But after a while, did it get to the point where you could kind of exhale a little bit? I mean, I, I know you're you're too ambitious and, and you're you're all about growing growing your stores. And so, not that you would uh, just totally kick back and and chill. But was there a point that you remember where you where you were able to say like, I'm not scraping by anymore. I actually I kind of got this thing figured out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, the first time I thought that was pretty early on. To be fair, like my, my original goal was was that 200 pounds a month. Um, and I remember waking up one morning uh, and I'd made that overnight while I was asleep. And that's profit. That wasn't revenue. That was profit. So I made 200 pound profit while I was asleep in bed. And now I had to get up and go to work for eight hours. So I was thinking to myself, okay, and that was the first day that had happened. So I was like, okay, well, there's, there's definitely potential with this now. I've completely smashed my monthly budget overnight whilst I was asleep. And I was thinking, what other business, what other job allows you to do that? So that started happening every single night. And that was just over the night. So when I started hitting 200 pound profit in the night, it was, you know, a thousand pound profits in a day, 5,000 pound profits in a day. And then you start thinking to yourself like, wow, this is, this is actually crazy. You know, have I figured this out? But then you always have that little doubt in your mind as well as if it stops, almost if this product stops, you know, I'm running this one product. Yeah, it's doing great. But how long is this product going to last? So it's always about that, you know, that longevity of it. So even though it felt like, 
yes, I'd figured this out and it was working really well and it was going to change everything for me. There was always that doubt, like just that personal doubt of how long I could sustain it for. And they, you know, once you start seeing success, I think it's pretty sort of normal to have those doubts about about it as well because it is so different to anything you've you've ever experienced before. One more one more question for you, Chris. Then I'll then I'll get you out of here. You talked at the beginning about I think you used the term that you were in a bad place that that you weren't you know that the things were kind of just in, in your life a little bit a little bit topsy turvy with you know a breakup and then just kind of the, the the persistent money headaches and and I'm curious just how not not just from a business standpoint how things have changed and not just you know the fact that you can travel and, and kind of live a little bit more freely and, and and quit pinching pennies I mean all that stuff's important and and it's real but but what about just from like a I don't know spiritual perspective or just psychologically is the the transformation there as as dramatic as the one that you've seen, you know, when it comes to your pocketbook, it, it, has it been a revelation for you in terms of just, I don't know, confidence or, or the way that you kind of go about things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was something that I didn't actually expect. I didn't even think about when I first started this, you know, like my confidence levels have grown so much from starting this, not just from the fact that, you know, earning quite, you know, like a decent amount of money at the beginning to actually grow into what it got to, like that gives you confidence anyway, because, you know, you're not worrying about life as much, but also the experiences that I've had since then because of it. You know, obviously coming out to, to Overload to do that that um, video interview on, on, on the YouTube channel, that was a massive step for me because I'm very rarely in front of the camera, which then caused me to launch my own YouTube channel, which again was something that was completely out of my comfort zone that I never thought I'd be doing, you know. And it's all because of what dropshipping's done for me personally that allowed me to kind of take those steps and really just take a leap out of my own comfort zone because you know if, you, if you'd come to me two three years ago you wouldn't you, I don't think you'd recognize who I am now it's really strange looking back how much it actually has changed it awesome we can leave it there Chris uh, again we, we mentioned earlier but you know Chris Wayne's on on YouTube lots of fun stuff over there just search search for Chris Wayne and then also advancedDropshipping.com. Uh, more goodies there as well where you can really level up your knowledge. Uh, and a- as Chris said, it's it's a good time to do it. Things are weird and slow and locked down right now. So no no time like the present to get cracking on that stuff. Uh, Chris, thanks again so much for taking the time to chat. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Chris Wayne for joining us. Thanks to you for joining us. We have a lot more content around topics that are extra meaningful right now. So it's so stuff about COVID-19, stuff about the economy, insights into what it's like to get into online business at this really weird, really peculiar time that we're in with so much stuff locked down, so many businesses shutting down. Um, we know it's scary and, and, and we're gonna be there with you each step of the way. So the Oberlo blog has you covered, the Oberlo YouTube channel has you covered, and there's a lot more podcasts that we've done on these topics. So feel free to join us in any one of those spots and uh, we hope to see you there. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon.